Hey, listeners, just a reminder that the history of everything sex is for mature audiences, so listen with discretion. And don't forget, we're ready for suggestions, ideas, stories, whatever you want to tell us. Just email us at thehistoryofsexpod at gmail.com. Thanks! Welcome to the history of everything sex. Woo! Oh. Yeah, this is a little, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. You can always cut that. No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm Melinda. I'm Terry. And I have a yes or no question for you. Just yes or no. All right. Do you know anyone who is in a polyamorous relationship? Yes. Okay. Are you fascinated or at least intrigued by the whole polyamorous lifestyle? Uh... Both. There you go. Yeah. Well, my friend Stacy Colson mm-hmm. thinks that it's really interested and suggested that we do an episode on it. So oh, here we are. Thank you, Stacy. So today we are exploring the history of polyamory and getting a better general understanding of the practice. Okay. First, we need to differentiate between a few concepts. Okay. So let's look at the definition of polyamory. Okay. Polyamory comes from the Greek poloi, which is many. And the Latin amor, which we all know is love. And the many de- love. I like many that. love. So the definition of polyamory is the practice of engaging in multiple relationships with the consent and knowledge of all parties involved. Yes. Now this is different from polygamy, which is the practice of having more than one spouse, typically a man with multiple wives. And I think as we go on, it'll become clear how the two ideologies are different. But I also must admit that there are some blurred lines and overlapping themes. Mm-hmm. Way, 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 way back. To the 1800s. When civilization began. Oh, caveman. <laughs> it is believed that monogamy was definitely not the way. Right. As civilization started about 10,000 years ago. Jeez. That shifted. Evolutionary biologists make the argument that monogamy doesn't really make sense from a populate the earth standpoint. Mm -hmm. Clearly, the more people that have intercourse, the better chances of pregnancies and the better chance of creating more people. Right. As a side note, I did come across a theory that the human penis has evolved into its current shape to make it better equipped to, quote, displace rival sperm in the vagina and win the fertilization race. Rival sperm. So somebody Just slept with her first, then you slept with her, and oh. your sperm need to beat out their sperm. But what shape did it used to be then? That's what I'm wondering. Because like, I, I, I spiral. And how? I, how? Right. Evolution is so crazy. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Like, it's like you need a thumb. Boom. You got a thumb. <laughs> right. Right. You're you need exactly your tail right. to be just a little bit longer so you can have more balance. Grow that tail. There it is. Why can't just life happen like that? I don't know. Like, huh. I just need more money. Boom. Right. Grow I was thinking, money. can it get evolution work on our bank accounts, please? Anyway, uh, once humans started farming and owning property, it became beneficial to keep the family unit small and more defined so that you know what land belonged to whom. Gotcha. Also, from an evolutionary angle again, Limiting the spread of STIs wasn't a bad idea either. Oh, yeah. hmm. However, the need to procreate was still very real. Mm-hmm. In Mesopotamia, 
Oh. First time I've ever said that, I think. Okay. Hammurabi's Code. Hammurabi's Code. Which was the law of the land, encouraged and promoted marriage between one man and one woman. But if a wife couldn't get pregnant for whatever reason, it was more than okay to get you a second wife who could. Okay. Well, not just, hey, wait a second. But I guess nobody ever thought maybe it's you and not her. Exactly. I get you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, in many ancient cultures, including Greece, Rome, China, Mongolia, and Japan, men of the upper class would have concubines, which were female sex partners who would bear their children. Mm -hmm. But they had a lesser status than the guy's wives or wife. The word concubine comes from the Latin concubere, which means to lie down. Mm. Jeez. Yeah. Now, Muslims don't exactly encourage polygamy, but it's not against the rules for a man to have up to four wives. The Quran has some good advice for guys who think about taking multiple wives. Okay. It says, and I quote, but if you feel you may not be able to deal justly between them, then only marry one. Right. <laughs> it's like, Let's know see. your limits. That's very sensible. All right. Right. Like, don't get crazy. Don't get, yeah. Yeah. And, as most people know, polygamy is illegal in the United States. Mm-hmm. But again, we're really not talking about polygamy today. Polyamory is not really about marriage. So let's just explore polyamory a little more. Right. So other terms for this are... Consensual non-monogamy, which I really like that. Yeah, I like that. Relationship anarchy. (laughs) (laughs) Group marriage, though not necessarily in the legal sense. Mm -hmm. And polyfidelity. 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 Huh. Sounds to me like it just means many sex partners. Yeah. Now, polyamorous people can define their lifestyle in many different ways. But to generalize a little bit, we can break it down into four types of polyamory styles. The first is the primary partner plus others. Mm -hmm. So here we have a primary couple. So let's say Peter and Piper. Okay. Peter and Piper might be married. Did they pick a peck of pickle peppers? They did. Okay. They picked a something. They picked it. They might be married. Okay. They own or rent a home together. They spend holidays with each other's families, but they also have other partners. Maybe Peter has a boyfriend who he sees frequently, spends intimate time with, and deeply cares about. Mm -hmm. Piper may also have a boyfriend. She may even be very much in love with her boyfriend. Both Peter's and Piper's boyfriends may also have other partners, Mm -hmm. and everyone's aware of the relationships. Gotcha. So that's, that's one type. The second is the group approach. I think this is how I've always thought of polyamorous relationships. So this is where at least three people date each other. So maybe Tom, Dick, and Haley all date each other, (laughs) and there's no primary couple. Tom spends time with Dick. Dick spends time with Haley. Haley dates Tom. They all spend time together. It's like a true throuple. Mm -hmm. And all are equal in the relationship. There's no primary couple. Okay. The three of them They can live together. They don't have to live together. Sure. Okay. Yep. But they're all three together. Okay. Okay. Then there's the egalitarian network approach. This is a little different. This is where people date each other and other partners, but there's no primary partner. So, and this took a little brain work, so. Okay. So, maybe Nancy is dating Drew, and maybe Drew and Jim are in a relationship with Carrie, 
And maybe Carrie also dates Grant. Okay. Now, Grant might have a separate loving relationship with Lee, who dates Harvey and Oswald. <laughs> you get the picture, <laughs> yeah, right? Crazy. Yeah. So there's no central couple. It's just people who are in love with and have partnerships with more than one person. Gotcha. And lastly, number four is what they call the solo approach. And this is where there's no real committed relationship. No one is coupled up. And usually the participants live alone or with roommates, but not with a partner. Okay. So you just have a lot of partners, but they all are aware that you have other partners. Right. There it is. That's pretty I'm much I'm single it. and ready to ready mingle. To mingle. Mm -hmm. With your consent. <clears throat> I do want to mention open relationships, just okay. to kind of point out the difference. So, whereas polyamory is about loving multiple partners, an open relationship is different. In this type of relationship, there's a primary couple, often married, mm -hmm. and they may be they may be same or opposite sex, and they mutually agree that they can each have sex with other people, but only casually. There's usually a strict no strings attached kind of rule. Mm -hmm. So very Don't different. Get emotionally attached. Exactly. Like you yeah. can go sleep with them, but you're not dating them. You're just having sex with them. Right. Casual sex. One night stands or whatever it might exactly. be. Exactly. Consensual sex, do what you want, no strings attached. Exactly. Okay. Have you noticed that polyamorous relationships seem to be popping up everywhere recently? Yes. It's really having a moment. Mm -hmm. But we really haven't talked about the history of polyamory right. mm -hmm. yet. According to Elizabeth Sheff, who's a bit of an expert on the subject, there have been three events in history that have influenced the rise in popularity of the polyamorous lifestyle. Okay. The first was in the 1800s when anarchy erupted in the U.S. Workers wanted rights, women wanted rights, and authority and the law were holding down the man. People wanted to buck the system and live however they wanted to. A few communes popped up around the country that preached group marriage and free love. Mm -hmm. This wasn't really the beginning of polyamory, but it was more of a precursor that introduced the idea that marriage could be different from the traditional one man, one woman idea. Mm -hmm. Also, women were just starting to become recognized as individuals, and the idea that a woman could have multiple male partners was definitely a new concept. Mm -hmm. The shit hit the fan with the wars and the depression, and people got a little sidetracked worrying about surviving and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But, as we all know, the 1960s and 70s were a crazy time. Uh -huh. The second wave of change saw a return of the fight for women's rights, including access to birth control and abortion, plus a call for racial equality and better treatment of non-heterosexuals and, and transgender people. Mm -hmm. Free love was the mantra. Also, women were finally able to control the size of their families, or if they chose, live on their own and be financially independent, mm -hmm. which was a very new concept. Right. Polyamory support groups were formed, Family Synergy in LA and Family Tree in Boston. Mm -hmm. One particular commune, the Carista commune, brought a lot of attention to the polyamorous lifestyle. So let me tell you about this wildness. Okay. So, Bro Judd, can't, hey bro. can't stand it, but <laughs> Bro Judd met Even Eve in 1971. Even Eve. Even Eve. Eve and Eve? Nope. 
Even Eve. Eve. Even. That's Even her Eve. name. Even. Her name is Even, and her last name is Eve. Well, that's what she goes by. Or that's what she goes by. Yep. Okay. She's Even Eve. Even Eve. In 1971, and they shared a desire to form a polyamorous family or community. They were soon joined by Salty Keg, uh-huh. Quest, Jebby, and Blue Jay Way. Okay. Mm. The, this is so 60s and 70s, right? Yeah. <laughs> the group first called themselves a... And LSR, which is a living school residence group, which makes absolutely no sense right. to me. Yeah. Whatever. Later, they changed it to a super family. Hmm. Super family. Then PCG, which is a polyfidelitous closed group. And finally, a BFIC, a best friend identity cluster. Oh, BFIC. I like that. Cluster, indeed. But mm-hmm. before naming the group the Carista Village, it had been called the Purple Submarine. Okay. Again, very 60s, right. 70s. <clears throat> Eventually, in 1977, there were 12 members, including Geo Logical, first name Geo. Okay. She was a, a psych nursing school student who dropped out. Uh-huh. So she had the psych background. Okay. She had started psych nursing education. Okay. So she knew all about that. Alpha Bet. <laughs> Pep. And SIM, S-Y-M, okay. whatever. So at its peak in 1978, Carista had 30 members. Hmm. In 1979, the first Caristan baby was born when even Eve gave birth to a daughter named Liberty. Okay. In 1980, Bro Judd and Geo had a baby, a daughter named Reverie. Other members included Jazz, Riff, Sax, Love, L-U-V, and Kipseeks. Kipseeks? I would call that person Keepsakes. Right. Kipseeks. But it's Kipseeks. Kipseeks, okay. 1983, all the men had vasectomies for some reason. <laughs> Guess they were done with kids. Well, I mean, at least they did their thing. Right? Exactly. They're like, yeah, this is way too much having these kids here. <laughs> but to be clear, there were definitely rules. I mean, you can't have a utopian paradise without some structure. Right, right, right. right. So here are the basics. There is a balanced, rational sleep schedule. Everyone gets access to everyone else. Each BFIC can include no more than 24 people, 12 of each gender. They were, they had non-sexist parental roles. Okay. Non-preferential care of kids. So didn't matter whose kid it was, you took care of that kid as if it were your own. Okay. Utopian roulette fathering. Hmm. It's exactly what it sounds like. So, uh, you just pick a pick a dad. Or you just sleep with a bunch of guys. You don't really know who the dad oh, is. Oh, okay. So you it's just like, assume they're all the dad. They're all the dad. Huh. Utopian roulette fathering. Uto- Utopian roulette. Mm-hmm. Um, you could not have sex with someone who is outside of your beefic. Oh, okay. All right. No group sex, no BDSM, no bestiality, no use of objects. Any objects? That's what it says. No pedophilia, no incest, no voyeurism, no racism, ageism, or sexism. I think that's because the old guy was like, yo, yo, yo. You can't be leaving me out of these things just because I'm old. Right, right, right. Let's go. Well, a lot of those things sound right. Exactly. Some of those things sound, why don't you just leave it up to the person? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, we can dictate everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
no more than one child born to each female, not including kids that they may have brought in when they joined the village. Okay. Minimum of five years in the group before you can get pregnant. Oh. Yeah, so you've got to be a tried and true member before you're allowed to bring kids into the situation. Okay. No smoking tobacco. Alcohol and drugs where legal. I don't understand that because I didn't think that weed was legal in the United States at all in the 60s and 70s. But right. maybe in the village there were places <coughs> they allowed you to smoke. I don't know. Yeah. But they didn't outlaw it. They just said where legal. So where legal. Know. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, nobody could have a pet. Um, must cultivate positivity and avoid negativity. The group would hold meetings and pass out information about the community and towns nearby recruiting new members and spreading the word. They also published multiple newspapers, which were free and distributed throughout San Francisco. After 20 years, the Carista Commune dissolved. Now, before we move on, I just have to share this list of Caristan phrases and insults from their website. Okay. So they actually have a page that is what we said, what we meant, and what we're really saying. Okay. Okay. For example, what we said, you two need to spend some time working on your dyadic love joy, whatever that okay. means. What we meant is, there is something wrong with your relationship. What we're really saying, maybe if you two just fucked each other for a while, you would start liking each other. <laughs> okay. What we said, you're not an idealist. What we meant, you can't join our commune unless you say you are an idealist. What we are really saying, why don't you want to fuck me and all my friends? <laughs> um, what we said, the sleeping schedule is not a sex schedule. What we meant, the sleeping schedule did not require that you fuck the person the night you were on with them. What we're really saying, the sleep schedule is definitely a sex schedule. Okay. <laughs> well, I was going to say, so that's what you mean by sleep schedule. Yeah. So it'd be like... A and B, you guys are sleeping together Monday night, but A, you're with C on Tuesday, and yeah. A, you're with D, and B will be with C on yeah. Wednesday. So it's like they literally had it all That's drawn out. That's a lot out. of schedule. Uh, what if nope. you're not in the mood for a certain... What if you want to sleep by yourself one night? Well, too bad. Okay. Shouldn't have been in a commune. Yeah, geez. Okay, if we say you don't believe in shared leadership, what we're saying is you can't be in the, com in the commune unless you say you believe in shared leadership. Yeah. What we're really saying is you won't do what we tell you to do. All right. <laughs> so, no thank you. We say, he doesn't understand the world plan. We mean, and this is a little confusing, but I'll just uh -huh. read it the way it says. What idiot cannot understand a $100 billion budget from 1.5 million Caristans in 900,000 BFIX? Which really is, I think that they're their idea would be that this would become so big right and they all share any income so you've got all this money yeah and all these people sharing it and it's just supposed to be like a utopian money bag that sounds very complicated exactly so they said what they're really saying is he's stupid and shallow and just here for the sex <laughs> <laughs> okay so then these three are kind of similar what we say she's a vagina on wheels what we mean she's an unidealistic nympho what we really mean she will keep moving until something fills her vagina okay what we say 
She's a missile-seeking heat. What we mean, she's an unidealistic nympho. What we really mean, she just wants something warm to fill her pussy. What Can we, we get say, some he's in there? He's a heat-seeking okay. missile. Okay, all right. What we mean, he's an unidealistic nympho. Uh -huh. What we really mean, he just wants something warm to put his penis in. Okay, okay. So, all right, yeah. let's keep it fair. All right, and then this one is... What we said, she has beautiful apartment syndrome. What we mean, she would rather have a beautiful apartment than be an idealist. What we really mean, mm -hmm. she would rather have a nice place to herself than live with a bunch of dirty hippies in rundown Victorians that we never clean. Well, she has beautiful apartment syndrome. Right. This place is just too trashy and full of nymphos for you. Exactly. Well, I mean, they didn't say nymphos. Not in that circumstance. Right, 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 right. All right, and then lastly, what we said, we are a seduction squad. What we meant, a group of the opposite sex in one family bands together to do everything short of sleeping with a potential member in order to get them to join the family. What we really mean, it would be quicker, easier, and more effective to sleep with the potential member, but we have a rule against that. Okay. When you're trying to recruit right, people. Right, 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 right. Get yeah. to know them really. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. So, so that, from their own mouth, that's that's what they were all about. So wow. That gives you a nice okay. little picture. Yeah, it does. So, now, to get back to those events in history that helped boost polyamory. Mm -hmm. So, we had the free love ideas in the 60s and 70s, but then the 80s brought us the AIDS epidemic. Suddenly, there was lots of pressure for people to practice safe sex, limit the number of partners they had, and for monogamy in general. Gay men especially were both stigmatized and scared. But our third event came in the 90s with the invention of the internet. And just like that, people were able to find others with similar ideas, desires, and beliefs. Mm -hmm. It became much easier to connect with people who were like-minded, including those searching for polyamorous relationships. So really, for the last 20 to 30 years, polyamory has kind of hit its stride gradually becoming more common, more mainstream, and less taboo. I have a few examples of some famous polyamorists from history. And by famous, I don't necessarily mean like celebrities, but more like people who were well-known in their time. Mm -hmm. Like Georgiana Cavendish, who went by G, mm -hmm. and was the Duchess of Devonshire. In the she sounds very wealthy. Cavendish, Cavendish just right just there. sounds it. Yes. She was the Duchess of Devonshire in the late 1700s. Okay. G was also an author and women's rights activist, way before her time. Mm -hmm. While married to William, the fifth Duke of Devonshire, G wrote some pretty sexy letters to women that she fancied. In 1782, G met Lady Bess Foster and the two fell in love. Bess moved in with G and William and the three lived together as a thruple for 25 years, during which time, Bess and William had two kids, and all three partners had other lovers as well. Huh. So there you go. Then there's William Marston, a psychologist best known for helping invent the lie detector machine, and he was the creator of Wonder Woman. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Now, Willie here had two life partners, his wife Elizabeth and Olive Byrne. The three lived together, and each woman had two children with William, and they each named their children after the other woman. Oh. Mm. It's been said that they were pretty kinky, 
and Wonder Woman was inspired by both of Will's partners. In fact, her wide bracelets of submission were modeled after the style of bracelets that Olive wore most of the time. After William died, the women continued to live together, raising their children until Olive died in 1990. Fun fact, Olive was the niece of Margaret Sanger. Oh, get out of here. Like that. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know the bracelets were called bracelets of submission. I don't know that I knew that either. Yeah, but as soon as I read it, I'm like, kinky. Yeah, that's very kinky. Mm-hmm. Um, Alfred, it all makes sense now. <laughs> exactly. Alfred Kinsey, a well-known American sexologist who published the Kinsey Reports on Homosexuality, was married to Clara, and they had a relationship with one of Kinsey's students, Clyde. The three lived together and often hosted orgies. Fun fact, don't know why this is out there, Clara served persimmon pies during breaks from the orgy. Huh. Hey guests, we're taking a little break. Here's some some persimmons. Would you like some pies made of some persimmons? What is a persimmon? It's a fruit, yeah. I had to look it up. Mm. Um, So, now you know. Hmm. Lastly, there's Marlene Dietrich a German-American actress Actress, in silent films Mm -hmm. who was married to film producer Rudolf Sieber. Hmm. Marlene had many male and female lovers, including Frank Sinatra, Hmm. John F. Kennedy, Mercedes de Acosta, and Greta Garbo. Marlene and Rudolf often both spent time entertaining Marlene's friends. Rudy also had another partner, an old friend of Marlene's, while it was no secret that the couple was polyamorous, Marlene always made it very clear that she was very in love with her husband. Okay. Just like there are many different ways that a polyamorous relationship may look, there are also many different reasons why a couple may decide to open their relationship and become polyamorous. While it seems like polyamory would cause a lot of hurt feelings and jealousy, most polyamorous people say they actually feel compersion, which is defined as a feeling of pleasure or deep emotion arising from your partner being with another person. Okay. I mean, it almost seems What's too... What's that called? Compersion. Compersion? Okay. Yeah, it almost seems like too idealistic to feel that way. Right. Like to honestly get joy from seeing your partner with someone else. Yeah. They say it's the opposite of jealousy. Okay. So that's, that's what they have. So, what are the keys to a happy polyamorous relationship? Well, for couples who are considering the polyamorous lifestyle, it's said that this works best for couples that have a long established foundation, especially if they are considering divorce due to boredom or lack of satisfaction, or if they just want to explore new exciting things. Mm -hmm. The most crucial element (laughs) is open, sincere communication. Partners first need to even admit that this is something that they have or would consider. Then, the need to be honest about their expectations, hopes, and worries about the situation. Ultimately, they should come up with a contract, maybe written, but at least verbally, where they set the ground rules, and this will take a lot of compromise. Mm -hmm. Again, this will not work without honesty. Now, if you're interested or considering joining a couple as a third partner to form a triad, in other words, if you want to be a unicorn, yep, yep. as they call it, here is the rundown of what to look for and what to avoid. So, a red flag would be a couple who say they are looking to 
add a person to their relationship. A good sign is when a third person joins a relationship to form a new type of relationship where all the partners are equal and have a say. Gotcha. <clears throat> it's bad if there is a we come first clause. This may look like one partner limiting the amount of time that you spend with the other partner or keeping score, like making sure that the other partner doesn't spend more money on you. Yeah. Like yeah. it all has to be fair and equal. Yeah, yeah. A good healthy sign would be if all partners spend time with whomever they want, whenever they want, doing whatever they want without mm -hmm. feeling guilty. Right. Another bad sign is if the primary couple have sex without you or with you, but neither partner can separately have sex with you. Oh, okay. Which means that a good sign is while there may be threesomes, there are no rules that dictate with whom or when you have sex. Mm -hmm. Whatever floats your boat that day, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. And lastly, it's a bad sign if the primary couple have a our way or the highway attitude where they make the rules and you follow them or you're excused. Mm. Obviously then, a good sign would be that all three of you discuss guidelines, negotiate any rules, and compromise as needed. There are no threats and no ultimatums. Now, there, these are just a few, of course, these are for a specific type of polyamorous situation. Like we said earlier, there's a lot of gray area and many, many different ways that polyamorous relationships might take shape. In the end, it's just important to know that the lifestyle isn't for everyone and for those who choose to partake, no one should ever be made to feel like a third wheel. Gotcha. Or a fifth wheel. Right. Because a fifth wheel is a great big truck. It's a big truck. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want you feeling like a great big truck. Right. So what do you think of that Very one? Very interesting. I did not know that it um, that it went back so far. I mean, I guess I did, but it was more of like a, you know, kings have, you know, they have a, a woman and then they have a, or their wife. Their side host. And then they have their side pieces or yeah. whatever you might call it but yeah 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 and it reminded me of when you were talking about <clears throat> the place that were in the goodfellas that oh, had their yeah, wife yeah. and then they had their beat wife is that, that well um just yeah that there's a there's the wife mm -hmm. there's the beat wife and then there's the badge bunnies right but in goodfellas it was the wife and the guman i believe which is the girlfriend mm-hmm that they also take care of. But then there's the third kind, which is, which I recently learned could be called, and I don't know if it was called this back then, called a lick. Okay. Have you heard of a lick? I think you and I talked about it one day. But right. Go ahead. So a lick is somebody who um, is easy. You can pretty much convince them to do what you want them to do by promising uh a relationship when there's really not a relationship going on. Gotcha. It's more, it's more one-sided. Gotcha. That's what, that's the way I look at it. Anyways. It's just a way to manipulate them. Yes. Yes. Gotcha. So, and none of that really sounds like polyamory. No, I mean, that's no, no, not, no, yeah, no, that nothing like polyamory. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Poly. But I definitely think that it's, it's becoming much, much more mainstream. Yes. And yeah. they, I think that the, uh, the COVID epidemic and all of the lockdown mm -hmm. actually added to it because couples were stuck together all the time. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people, 
either it was a good thing, like they opened up to each other because they were together all the time, right. and they finally started exploring, like, how do we really feel? Well, you know? yeah, you got to think that even to bring up, you know what I'm thinking about? Right. You know, no matter if you've been married a year or, you know, 30 years, mm-hmm. it, to, to bring up, you know what I've been thinking about or considering? You've got to take the chance that you're not going to just totally lose exactly. the other person. Yeah. And you're very vulnerable. Yeah. 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 And then you're just, and they're like, you what? And you're like, I'm just kidding. Right, 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 right. I right. just wanted to see what you would say. Right, but, right, right. You know, versus they might be like, I've been thinking the same thing. Right. And you're like, why didn't we talk about this sooner? Right, right. Yeah. So, you, I, yeah, that's kind of a scary thing to, to open up. To open up but, to if, yeah. you know. But I guess there's probably but ways for, to bring that up. For those that it works for, I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if as long as everybody's consensual and involved and understanding and, mm-hmm. you know, I would love to have a kind of, I mean, could, does it always have to be about sex? Like, can you have just, can you have a unicorn that just gives massages? Or, right. Or what? Right. Yeah. I don't know, but you'd have to, you know, give back because it has right. to be all equal, you know. You're not just hiring someone. Right. You're right. right. You're right. It's relationships. Live here. You can have sex with him. I just want a massage. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and help with these damn kids. <laughs> right. So, yeah, and I definitely found enough that there, sometime in the future, there will definitely be an episode just about polygamy itself because it's a whole different subject, but there's a ton of information about the history of polygamy. Polygamy itself. I mean, that yeah. goes all the way back to, so... That'll be a separate thing, because I, I definitely did not want polyamory and polygamy to be in the same episode, because I they are so They're so different. different. Well, and I yeah. and I know that, you know, when people would fill out their histories mm-hmm. and... At the Women's Health at Center. At the Women's Health Center, mm-hmm. and it would say monogamous, polygamous. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not, you know, monogamous and polygamous, they don't mean... They're not the direct opposite of each other. Exactly. It's like someone who's practices monogamy. Mm -hmm. But you can have consensual non-monogamy. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. There should have been a whole lot more. Polyamory. Right. Doesn't mean you have a bunch of wives. It just means that. Right. Yes. Yeah. Or 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 husbands or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Or both. Yes. Right. Yeah. Anyway, sounds anyway. like we need to wrap this up. All right, wrap it up. <laughs> so, anyway, um, that was it. That was it. That's it. All right. Well, All we'll right. see y'all later. See you later. Have, Have a, a good day. week.